My name is John Dierte. I'm a shit poster, and you're listening to the Just Conversation podcast. Warning this program contains strong themes meant for a mature audience. Discretion is advised. Going live in five, four. What does live mean? Uh. Welcome to the Just Conversation Podcast, the show where we ground humanity's most absurd and baffling ideas in childish ways. I'm your host, Jack. And I'm your host, Christina. And if you haven't yet removed the subscribe button to get notified second new episodes are released. Also, this show is most enjoyable with a listening partner to share opinions and ideas on topics we discuss. Yes, especially since today we have like a guest on the show and uh, this these conversations, this is a great fantastic episode one of the best to listen with somebody next to you because there are some funny stories there is just glory this man man so our guest today is john dierte he is a troll yes he's a basically an internet troll he's a he's a shit poster an online uh, meme making machine and uh he, he likes to splice his face on memes and make them a million times funnier and just make his own memes and it's so so fucking good it's just the golden content yes and he's funny he's funny he's so interesting he's such an interesting guy and uh it, it fits the the whole idea that i have of creators that creators are usually very opposite to the creation always 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 and is creation the character Mm-hmm. John Dierte is this like obnoxious, absurd, murkas fuck, yes. and yeah. like it's he's it's so perfect. It's so perfect. It's funny. It is clever, and there's a a lot of social commentary jam packed into into his memes. It's not just that they are brain dead memes. Is that there's real comments behind what he's posting? Mm-hmm. So he has like a, he favors a type of commentary style, which is definitely shit posting and memes, and he he has a selection of quite tasteful, funny yet you know a lot of them point at real problems about America, about America, the good and bad of America. And uh, this is an American patriot. This is a guy who definitely supports freedom of speech like me. Somebody who doesn't believe in being censored. Somebody who doesn't believe in uh, just being a sheep. He he cuts his own way. He does his own thing. And that's kind of how it should be. And uh, his main playgrounds are, you know, TikTok, Instagram, where he posts a lot of these things. He's on Facebook. So you could search up uh, uh, John Deirte on Instagram. At uh, Two Tone Twelve Valve, you can find him at Facebook. He has many pages, and you can find him on. He also has live streams there. You can find him on Twitch at John underscore Dierte. That's D I R T E, and on TikTok as well. Just search his name up. You'll find him in any of those places, and uh, definitely enjoy the content because yes this episode is great the episode is great it's fantastic anyways i hope you guys enjoy and we'll see you on the other side hi Hi. i uh i was in a little time crunch this morning headed to a job and they for some reason were the only restaurant within a walking radius of maybe 10 feet of six different restaurants that did not have a single line 
and that's how I chose my breakfast this morning for the simple fact there was no cars in the drive-through. What kind of a so? Oh my God! So what the hell was everybody else eating that you walked into like this five-star dinner? McDonald's, McDonald's uh, Chick-fil-A, of course, because everybody loves the Lord's chicken. Um, fucking Jack in the Box, and what the what's the other? We have a little Mexican restaurant called Guadalajara, and they serve breakfast here in town, and that seems to be the hit spot for everybody that lives here in Bastrop. And uh, so it's always busy in the morning. Water burgers like hit or miss. And as soon as I seen that their drive through was empty this morning, I was like, I'm fucking going there. What? This is so crazy to me. How? What? Okay, so they have a drive through. You can what? You can go through the drive through and get this incredibly complicated meal handed to you through a window. And that's the place that was empty. Not like McDonald's where you're also in a drive through, but they hand you a bag filled with garbage. Somehow, the better place that would serve you just as quick was the empty one. That's America, man. Um, you know, like... No matter. So I had a I, for the last six years of my life, I have traveled the country uh, being a pilot car. I had a pilot car business and we escorted, you know, the big windmills that they use, the big white windmills everybody sees. Yes. Um, we escorted those around the country. And within one year, I went through 32 different states and I drove over one hundred and seventy five thousand miles in, in that one year. And every town that I went to through those 32 states, there was never a McDonald's that did not have a backed up drive through line. That's um, America as fuck. Yeah, for sure. Um, some people would say that, you know, McDonald's is good food. Some people would beg to differ. I beg to differ. Um, I don't eat it. Um I don't eat it for the simple fact that I seen a video on YouTube of a man who fucking bought a McDouble like 10 years ago, stuck it in his jacket pocket and forgot about it. And when he was moving out of his house 10 years later, he finds this jacket that still had the McDouble in the pocket and it had no mold. It still looks like it did the day he picked it up 10 years prior. Um, so as soon as I seen that, I was like, yeah, I'm done with McDonald's. That's just disgusting. That's crazy. Okay. What the fuck? Oh, my God. Look. <laughs> it's so fucked up. That's the, that's the most American story I've ever heard. Somebody let food rot in their jacket. That's yeah. fantastic. But, like, yeah. oh, man. See, I give you props for not eating at these places because it is essentially, like, you're just killing yourself slowly, right? Oh, for sure. For sure. But it's so commonplace. Everybody just does that shit. And, like, when was the last time, on average, right, that a person had, like, a real full meal that had a giant portion of vegetables, a small portion of meat? It had all the proper uh, uh, vitamins, not just, like, random crappy lettuce, but, like, some kale, some broccoli. Like, how many people have that in a month, just once? I honestly probably do that maybe once a month. You do pull it once a month, though, right? Yeah, like uh like me me and my girlfriend uh we live together and you know, I I have my own business and so I'm constantly working all the time and I, I late hours and and she works from 9 in the morning until 6 in the evening and then she has a uh a a 1 hour drive home 
And so by the time she gets home in the evening, it's like, do we really want to cook? And uh, so hardly ever do we cook. Mainly we eat out. And every, I say probably maybe once or twice a month, I'm like, screw this. I'm going to go to the grocery store and buy some stuff for dinner tonight and actually make real food. And, uh, but yeah, like maybe twice a month, I would say at least my household, only twice a month do we ever sit down and truly cook a real meal, which that's kind of sad now that I think about it. Um, I should probably rethink that and start doing it more often. <laughs> do you... Okay, okay, this is actually a really good direction to go. Because my question would then be, as a person who rarely eats it, is it because the convenience wins or is it too inconvenient overall? Like, is it just like, how do I word this? You have access to it, but laziness gets in the way and it's just a little bit of a bother or is it like truly in the way most times like like going to the grocery store buying these things and having them there so you can uh consume them no 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 that's uh that's strictly laziness um just out of the the simple fact that um like when me like if if i say that i'm gonna go to the to the uh to the grocery store Usually I hate going to Walmart because I hate dealing with all the people that are in there and they don't ever have anybody at the cash registers anyways. So then you have to go through self-checkout and then those machines are always a pain in the ass, right? Um, so yeah, I would definitely say it's a light laziness and the convenience of going and just somebody handing you your meal through a window is mainly what it's all about. Um, but at the end of the day, that's not the smartest option. Because, I mean, if you think about it financially, you can go pay 300 bucks for a month's worth of groceries at Walmart. But if you're eating out every night, you've probably spent like close to six, 700 bucks that month just on food. Holy shit. Yeah, you're totally right. The, yeah. Uh, so, the trade-off of buying out is crazy because what? Right, right. That's too much. Right. Fin- financially, it's not a smart thing to do. Um it's, I just don't think it's a smart thing to do in general at all. Some, nobody should be eating out that much. And I mean, I'm not one to talk because like I said, I sit here and I do it. Um, it's just pure laziness. And that's really, man, our, our country has just turned into nothing but laziness, really. <laughs> Hell yeah, dude. That's 100% the biggest problem we have as a country. Convenience has dominated us. That's why we're the fattest country, man. Yes. What is it? 76%? That's crazy. Yeah, I'm from Houston, Texas. And for the longest time, Houston was the fattest city in the country. Um, I'm not sure who is the fattest city in the country now. But Houston definitely was number one there for a while. And um, which is really, really sad to, to say that. But. It is what it is, man. And it's like that goes back to the McDonald's menu being or the drive through being full every time you drive past it, like no matter where you Meanwhile, you had access. This blows my mind. Fuck. You had access to this full fledged, like nutritious, large, beautiful meal with a bunch of parts. And that's the place that was empty. Right. Right. That's crazy. That's so nuts to me. That's all crazy. Wow. It is wild, man. It, it really is wild. And then what's funny to me is like, um, not to change the subject, but it kind of goes hand in hand. Um, when it, when we're talking about as far as like drugs in America, a lot of this food that we're eating is worse than all this weed that, you know, kids are out here smoking. 
Hell yeah. And, um, and, but yet they make a bigger deal about the pot than they do about this food that we're shoving down these kids' throats. And I mean, because they can tax the, the food. They can't tax the weed. Right. Right, right. That's all it is. It's all about money, man. They don't give a damn about your health. They just want to fatten their pockets while you get fatter and unhealthier and die. Hell yeah. Like, think about how all this fucking opioid pandemic we have going on. If they can tax the drugs, they will give you all the drugs. They don't give a fuck. It's the fact that they can't tax somebody on the street selling you a bag of weed. But they will give you all the drugs. They just have to be able... They have to be the one giving it to you, and you have to be paying them for it. Yeah, their drugs really ain't as good as the shit on the street anyways, though. Hell yeah, the amount of <laughs> the shit you can take off of the street comes with some miracle level. It's it's baked with love. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, like I said, the over the years of traveling, I've been in almost every legal state there is in the country. And um, I'll put it to you this way. I was, there's a, there's a 50-50 cycle when it comes to living in a legal state because it can be a good thing or it can be a really bad thing for me living in an in a illegal state texas and going to a legal state where there's dispensaries to where i can walk into all these stores and just buy this weed and walk right out with it and not get in any trouble um it puts you to the point to where you're like man i need to go buy weed every day and so like when i was in oregon I was in Oregon for four months working a job. I was making $500 a day, six days a week up there. So I was making good money. And because I knew I was making that good of money up there, it didn't bother me to go to the dispensary once or twice a day and drop like three, 400 bucks each time I walked in there. And so like me and my buddy, we did this test. We were like, let's keep all of our receipts from the dispensaries that we go up to the whole four months that we're here in Oregon. And when we get home, we'll add them up and see how much money both of us have spent on pot within four, with a four month time span. And I was like, all right, cool. Cause I, we had averaged it at home, you know, in, in our illegal state that we spent, you know, probably anywhere from four to 600 bucks a month on weed. And that's to some people, that's still a lot of money a month on pot. And I mean, hell, I even think it's a lot of money, but I mean, you got a whole, a whole fucking car insurance bill going on there. Yeah, for sure. A couple car insurance. Hell yeah. You got like five cars on the insurance uh, right now. (laughs) Fucking. So when we were in Oregon and it was legal and we were going to these dispensaries every day, we get back to Texas. We add up all these receipts to see how much money we had spent within a four month time span. Me, myself, alone, I had spent roughly about $5,500 on pot. That is fuck. How the fuck are you? What the fuck, dude? How are you smoking all this weed? <laughs> well, it wasn't just flour. Uh, it was edibles, wax, and, and flour as well. Do you um, remember so, those four months by any chance? Hit or miss. Uh, <laughs> Hit or miss for sure. Like um, one night I had a whole thing. Like I'm I'm really big into like caramel apples. So like any candy that's like green apple and caramel, I'm all over it. And uh, they had these little green apple caramel edibles. And it, there was this a bag for like 20 bucks. You get like 30 something pieces inside this bag or whatever. And uh, it's I thought it, I think it said like three servings every few hours. 
and I ate the whole bag in one hour. And so I ate 32 pieces and I think they were like 10 milligrams a piece. Right. And, uh, so I put like 3,200 milligrams of THC into my body all, all within an hour. And it hit me an hour later. And I, I don't remember the rest of that night. I slept. I slept. I probably had the best sleep of my life that night. I mean, um, that's crazy. How lo- do you remember how long later you woke up or were you like in a sleep coma? Oh, I was out for like 12, 14 hours easily. <laughs> that's amazing. That's easily, great. Like, uh, my, uh, speaking of being comatose off of edibles, uh, I was dating before I moved to Austin because now I live in Austin, Texas. Like I said, originally I'm from Houston. Um, back in 2015, I was dating this chick that was up here in Austin. She's born and raised here. And uh, in Austin, every year on 420, they have this festival called Marley Fest. And pretty much that one day out of the year, the cops here don't give a fuck about pot. Everybody's walking around at this festival selling and smoking weed and just getting stoned and listening to a bunch of white reggae bands, uh, ironically. Um, yeah, that's funny as hell. <laughs> that's some... <laughs> Those kill me, man. I'm sorry, but not to break subject, but white reggae bands. Uh, let's stop that movement. It yeah, I have hilarious. a weird feeling on them too, you know? It, it's uncomfortable. The, it's, it's, the music it's, isn't it's necessarily true. bad, but it's uncomfortable. It, yeah, no, don't get me wrong. Some of them have some good music, but I mean... I'm not out here playing like BB King and shit and trying to play his music. You know what I'm saying? Like let, let the people do it. That started it. <laughs> That's Fair the enough. Way I feel, you know? <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> but, um, at this festival though, man, we had a crazy story. We had anytime somebody's walking around the festival with fucking backpacks on, you know, they're selling something, right? Yeah. And uh, so I see this kid walk past us. He's got a backpack on and I stop him. I'm like, yo, my man, what you got in that backpack that's for sale? And he's like, oh, I got a bunch of edibles. You know, he's like, they're cereal bars, kind of like a Rice Krispie, but made out of cereal. Right. And uh, so he tells me because I only wanted like two of them. And so I think I think I paid like 10 bucks for a piece. So 20 bucks for two. He hands me my two cereal bars. I laid a $20 bill on the ground. That way it wasn't a hand-to-hand transaction. And uh, my buddy pulls out a $100 bill. And as soon as the seller seen the $100 bill, it totally distracted him away from my 20 bucks that was laying on the ground, right? Well, he had a group of friends that was with him, but they walked off and left him. So he was in a hurry to sell us our shit and go catch up back with his buddies. And uh, my friend was like, how much can I get for a hundred bucks? And the kid was like, I'll give you this whole bag. And so they exchanged and the kid took the hundred bucks and he takes off running to go catch up with his friends. Little did he know he turned around and he had left an entire other bag of cereal bars with like probably 20, 25 of these cereal bars inside this gallon Ziploc bag laying on the ground, plus the two that he had sold to me and my $20 was still laying there. So and he so, left like a good half of everything behind. Right, yeah, because he was in a hurry to go catch up with his friends. And immediately I told the group of people I was with, I was like, hey, fuck this festival. 
this kid just left my money and this whole bag of edibles. I was like, let's get the fuck up and get out of here before he realizes the mistake that he made. <laughs> so we grab all our shit and we're packing it up and heading back to the car. And we get in the car and we head back to my girlfriend at the time, her friend's apartment. And we get back there and we all eat these edibles, right? Well, her friends, they were kind of lightweights. So they were like, oh, I'm only going to eat, you know, a quarter of a one or a half of one. Me and my girlfriend at the time, we were just throwing them back. I probably ate like six or seven of these cereal bars. I just poured me a big ass glass of milk and went to town, right? And uh, me and her kill this whole bag by ourselves. And I don't remember shit after that. I just remember waking up the next morning still at her friend's apartment. And me and my girlfriend were like just cuddled up on this couch and somehow or another, we had blankets over us, and I didn't even know where the fuck the blankets came from. And so I wake her up, and I'm like, we never went home last night. What the fuck happened? And so then she goes and wakes up her friend, and her friend's like, oh, man, like an hour after we got back, y'all ate those cereal bars, and y'all passed the fuck out. She was like, we even threw a party, and there was like 30 people in this apartment. A 900-square-foot, one-bedroom, one-bath apartment in downtown Austin. And she had like 30 people in there having a full-on rager while me and my girlfriend were in a fucking weed coma. <laughs> on the she like apparently like some crazy shit happened. She had a dog and one of her friends brought their cat over and her dog like tried to attack the cat. So that happened right there in the living room where we were passed out at. That didn't wake us up. And then like some of her male, her guy friends were throwing beer bottles off her fucking balcony and were like chunking empty, empty beer bottles at cars that drove by. And so the cops got called and like the fucking cops showed up to the apartment and came in and everything. And we never woke up to none of this. We slept through it all. Now I have a question. How often do you fall asleep high and you took so much either smoked or ate that you woke up still high? I don't do that that often anymore. Um, I'm 30 years old now. And uh, this, you know, this was shit. That was back in 2015. So I was definitely in my mid 20s. And um, I'd say throughout my 20s was definitely more of the years that I don't remember, even though those are the ones that just kind of happened because I'm only 30. <laughs> but uh <laughs> no i feel you entirely uh, man i i uh i don't smoke anymore but i was like uh chronically indulging all the time and more oh, or less yeah. around the same time you were i was like way in there and there's yeah, a yeah. bunch of fuzzy patches here and there i mean even now i smoke from the time i wake up till i go to sleep um like even when i'm on jobs because like i said i own my own business so i work for myself um, I can't drug test myself and I'm damn sure not going to fire myself. Right. Um, so I smoke like even when I'm on a job, I'm, I'm smoking on my jobs and shit. I stay stoned 24 seven, but I don't get obliterated like I used to. Um, like I lived right after high school for a little bit. I was homeless for a year and here in Texas and then ended up moving to California for two years. And that's kind of where I fell off into the weed. Because before I moved to California, 
I was just some kid from Texas that knew that Dro was $20 a gram, $60 an eighth back then. Holy and fuck, so, I haven't heard that name of weed in the longest. Yeah, and and I was too broke to afford it, so I was smoking fucking an ounce of Reggie a week for 40 bucks, you know? Um, and then I moved to California and found out how cheap it was out there. And then I had people in California thinking I was a liar because I was telling them how expensive it was back home in Texas at the time. This is 2009, 2010. And um, yeah, like, I mean, the first time I bought weed in California, uh, uh, the guy I was living with, two of his friends happened to be twin brothers, these black kids, Brandon and Landon, coolest cats I ever met. And um I went over to their house because I had asked my roommate, I was like, yo, you know where to get any weed? Because he didn't smoke any weed at all. And I thought that was weird when I first moved to California and met this dude and we moved in together. And I was like, man, you're born and raised in California and you don't smoke pot? That's kind of odd. But And he was totally against it. He had the belief that, you know, like what? teachers try to teach us when we're kids like it's a gateway drug you know oh the whole so, fucking that commercial with the egg this is your brain on weed right, or whatever the right. fuck. that's what he believed and he was you know and in 2000 2009 i was 18 years old and uh and so he was around my age as well he, you know 18 year old kid believing that shit and i was like man even i'm not you know that <laughs> well, I then i got a question for you I got a question for you is weed the only drug you've ever done no Definitely not. Um, I have, I'm, I'm definitely the type of person that believes there's always a moment for trying anything at least once. I agree. Um, um, so I have experimented with a lot of shit throughout life. Um, was weed the, the thing, first one? Weed was definitely, uh, alcohol was the first drug that I ever indulged in. And I think that's for a lot of people. Yes, very nice. Um, but uh, but then weed, of course, shortly came afterwards um, because so the, how, I, how I even got onto weed ever in my life for the first time, because I tried it when I was 14 years old and never touched it again after that until I moved or actually, I'm sorry, until I was about 17. So for three years after I, the first time I tried it, I didn't fuck with it. Um, but I was at a friend's house one night, staying the night. His older brother was in his room getting high. And I look over at my friend and I was like, man, whatever that smell is, it smells like my dad's house. Because my parents were separated my whole life. I had a stepfather that was married to my mom and I would go visit my biological father on the weekends. But every time I'd go to my biological dad's house, I could there was this smell and I didn't know what the hell it was. Because I didn't know what weed was. But <laughs> now you know. The whole one night I'm at a friend's house and his brother is getting high. And uh, I'm like, dude, this smells like my dad's house. And both of them looked at me and was like, your dad's a fucking stoner. And I was like, nah, my dad don't do that shit. No, he doesn't. You know, 14 years old and 15 years old, not believing that their parents, you know, are smoking pot. But sure enough, I went home and asked my mom about it. And she was like, oh, yeah, your dad's a big pothead. Matter (laughs) of fact, my dad was such a big pothead that when him and my mom got divorced in 1991 and they separated, um, she tried to hit him with child support, of course. And at the time in 1991, child support was like 25 bucks a week, right? And uh, so $100 a month. <laughs> Imagine if that was today. But um, my dad actually signed his rights away because he told my mom, 
a hundred bucks a month was a decent sack of weed and he wasn't going to pay child support and give up his pot. (laughs) (laughs) That's fucking crazy. So in the state of Texas, legally, I never had a biological father because my dad signed his rights away and uh, my stepdad never adopted me. So technically I don't have a dad. I have a sperm donor in the state's eyes. Um, but on paper, I never had a father, uh, which is kind of crazy. But my dad was still around. He still took care of me and helped my mom. And uh, he would come pick me up on the weekends. And I would go stay the weekend at his house and, you know, do the whole father. He just, thing. You know what? But I respect what he did because he still took care of you. But he also didn't let himself get fucked over. Right. Right. right, right. He was definitely that way. Um, my dad was uh, an extremist, some would say. But um, to me, I think he was just a realist. And um, uh, he he was that way about a lot of situations. Like he never, my whole life, because my my biological father passed away when I was uh, 18 years old and he died from cancer. But his, my whole life growing up, he never had a job. He worked for himself. He was an independent contractor. Like he would go re-roof somebody's house and it would take him a few days to do it by himself, but he would make enough money off that one job that he wouldn't have to work for the rest of the month. So he just did random jobs and got by and until the day he passed away and he was happy that way. Um, so my hat was always off. I respected that about him because he, he didn't just succumb to what society is and have to go out there and get a regular nine to five and, pay taxes and do what you're told all the time that's awesome because with that example you you knew it was possible and thus took that route yourself yes 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 yeah i i I, uh worked in the in the work industry um from the time i was 18 all the way up until i was 24 Uh, i bounced back and forth from the oil field to pipelines and uh, construction work and then um I got tired of my bosses thinking that they were better than me just because they had more money in their bank account. And so I actually uh, got into a physical fight with one of my bosses one day at work and it led to me getting arrested for beating the shit out of my boss and um, had restraining orders put against me. Like I can't even step, um, any John Deere locations from Corpus Christi, Texas, all the way to Houston, I'm not allowed at. You're banned <laughs> from those places? The, uh, yeah, because they're all owned by the same family down here. And so um, I happened to work at the, the this family's main location in Corpus Christi one time. And that's where the fight happened. And I beat the shit out of my boss, who just so happened to be the owner's son. And um, so they put a restraining order against me. So all their dealerships, I'm not allowed in, <laughs> but, um, <clears throat> that's just crazy, man. Now that I think about that, that even happened. Yeah. It's kind of now, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. This is totally crazy because your personality is very composed, very logical, very rational, very calm, very collected. You're a very thought out person. Now I try to be what, happened between the real world you and the virtual you that's some sort of maniacal maniac troll how you asking me how john deere take came about i can tell you that um how john deere take came into 
this world is it's it was actually a a a, a joke it was only supposed to last a week and then some the internet took off with it so i'm in back to oregon where i spent you know fifty five hundred dollars in four months on pot throughout that four months of being there i had been growing out my hair for a very long time for for years and um my hair was long and I just got tired of waking up every morning and it being in my face and all this shit and got tired of the maintenance. And so one day I was like, I'm going to go get my fucking hair cut. I had a childhood friend that was working on the job with me. We were actually sharing a hotel room to save each other some money. And I told him, I was like, hey, man, I was like, I'm going to go get a haircut. Would you like to go with me? And he was like, you getting a haircut? I was like, yeah. He's like, man, you've been growing out your hair for years. He was like, I'm not going to let you cut your hair. And I was like, fuck you mean you're not going to let me cut my hair? I was like, I'm a grown ass man. I was like, I'll cut my hair if I want to. And he was like, yeah, he was like, you can. He was like, but then I'm going to have to listen to you bitch and complain about it when you regret it. He was like, and I'm not going to be stuck out here in a hotel room with you for four months and have to listen to you regret your decision. He was like, I'm not letting you cut your hair. And so I told him, I said, you know what? Let me post on Facebook. And see, I said, if I get 100 likes on Facebook, then I get a haircut. He was like, all right, I'll take that bet. Because he didn't think I'd get 100 likes. Well, I never got 100 likes because everybody liked my long hair. But another high school friend asked me, he was like, how about you get a mullet? And he commented that. Actually, the pictures y'all are looking at right now, the two right there on the side with the gas station photo with the striped shirt. Those are those are what turned those are what made John Deere take. So I'm leading up to that in this story. Um, I go. That's the first mullet I had. I go get this mullet. A Chinese lady gave it to me for seven dollars. She spoke hardly any English, but she spoke enough to ask me if I was sure that I wanted this haircut. And I told her I was like, I'm the one paying. Give me the fucking haircut. <laughs> and so I get this mullet that are in these pictures. The next day. Um, we go, we're headed to North Dakota from Oregon for work. I stop, we stop at that gas station. I'm getting fuel and I tell my buddy Tanner, I said, Tanner, take some pictures of me while I'm pumping diesel into the truck. So he takes those two photos of me. And that evening when we got stopped, I, th- I think we stopped in Wyoming somewhere for the night and got a hotel room. I posted them to my Facebook page. And at the time I was, I was nobody. I didn't have a big following. Um, I, nobody knew who I was on Facebook except for, you know, people who actually knew me in real life, or I did have a bit of a following on Instagram. I had like maybe 8,000 followers at the time because of my trucks, because of the truck scene that I'm involved in down here in Texas. Yeah. And so a, a bunch of people knew me because of my pickup trucks, but, uh, that was about it. And, and like I said, my following even then wasn't that big. It was, you know, 8,000 people on Instagram and, and nobody on Facebook besides personal people I have in my life and families. And, you know, and um, so I post those pictures to Instagram that night in Wyoming when we get to the hotel. I wake up the next morning and it has like 40,000 shares, 12,000 comments. My messages are blowing up. My friend requests are blowing up. And I'm I'm just flabbergasted. I'm like, what the fuck is going on? Like, That's crazy, so dude, over a mullet. I, I lean over and I wake up my buddy Tanner and I'm like, because after I got the mullet, I told Tanner, I was like, I'm going to keep it for like two weeks and then I'm going to cut it off. 
And he was like, no, nah, man. He was like, you're stuck with this thing. He was like, I guarantee you. He's like, somebody's going to turn you into a meme. And I was like, whatever. I was like, there's plenty of people in this world that have a mullet that look funnier than I do. I was like, why would I turn into a meme? And he was like, I just got this feeling you're going to be stuck looking like this for the rest of your life. <laughs> and I just kind of rolled my eyes and laughed, you know, and uh, just thought he was full of shit and went on about my business. Well, sure enough, you know, I wake up the next morning, those pictures are going all over the internet. They're viral. So I wake him up in a panic and I'm like, Hey, wake the fuck up. You know, I'm like, you called it. I'm like, somebody has fucking shared my shit. And I said, it's blown up somewhere on the internet. And I said, but it's all leading back to my profile. And I was like, and my shit's on fire right now. I was like, I don't, I was like, I don't know what to do. I was like, now I'm going to have to keep creating content. And I'm like, I'm really not that funny. I just, I have good moments. And I said, so it's really going to be hard for me to keep up videos. I was like, maybe I can just be a shit poster and steal people's memes and just blast my face on them and people will love it. Ironically, that's exactly what I did. And people do. Love it. <laughs> it is because but, fucking amazing, bro. Yeah. But so like those pictures blow up. The reason why they blew up is because a fucking police department in Pennsylvania they shared or they actually stole my pictures from my profile. They posted them to their police department page and they captioned it. Residents of, I think it was like Charlotte, Pennsylvania or some shit. And they were like, please be on the lookout for this man. We have sources to confirm that he's highly dangerous and we have reason to believe he'll steal all of your natural light and your wife. And when that police department posted that, you know, with as much drama as there is around cops in today's day and age, whenever you can find a police department on social media that has a sense of humor, people love it because they're like, oh, these cops are fucking funny and they're not just out here shooting people and shit. And so like I like Houston Police Department gets a lot of love on Facebook because they're always like they're just always talking shit to random people on Facebook. And it's hilarious. Because you don't expect that from cops. So right? the cops over there fucking trolls? Yes, 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 exactly. And um, so the, this police department basically trolled my ass with my own photos, but it blew up and their, their post went viral first. And then it started somehow or another, people that knew me were seeing that post and they were tagging my face, my personal accounts on there because I have like five personal Facebook accounts because I'm always getting banned. And um, so Facebook can't hold me down. Fuck you, Mark. Uh, <laughs> yeah, fuck Zuckerberg. But so um, people were tagging me in it and it was just bringing people to my page, like I said, and they were sharing the original photos. Well, for like six months, that went on and I was just riding the wave off of those two photos. Like people were recognizing me in different States. I would stop at the gas station and somebody would be like, Hey, you're that dude. And I'm like, man, yeah, I am that guy. And, uh, and just like, I was at a fucking, uh, random bar in Montana and three dudes recognized me and had me autograph their receipt and take a picture with them. And I'm like, dude, I'm nobody. I'm just a regular person, just like you. Um, but yeah, I'll, I'll autograph your receipt and take a picture with you. Sure. Um, uh, but so six months goes by and those pictures, I'm still riding that wave and, um, I'm in Iowa and Des Moines, Iowa working a job 
And I'm sitting in my truck one day. I had just got back from the salon, just got my fucking mullet all trimmed up. I was feeling good. And you know how you get when you get a haircut, you feel like a brand new person, right? I mean, and, I have no idea. Uh, I haven't cut my hair since I was 12. I know. You got long hair. I didn't know. <laughs> yeah, you're a bad person to ask that question. <laughs> but, uh, but uh, no, like, you know, you get a haircut, people just be feeling themselves. And I, I was feeling myself, and I was sitting in my truck in, in Des Moines, Iowa. I don't know about anybody else that's ever been there, but to me, it's fucking boring. And so the only thing I was able to do was just hot box my truck in this hotel parking lot and then just play on my phone all the time and make memes and, and create content. And so six months had gone by after I first went viral from them photos. And I was like, man, how can I, I was like, I need to make something that's going to spike this shit back up. Cause I'm starting to fall off. It's been six months. And I was listening to ZZ Top because, I mean, I have a wide variety of music that I listen to and genres, but uh, ZZ Top is definitely one of my favorite bands of all time. And I was listening to their classic song, LaGrange, and um, I shook my mullet. I shook, well, I shook my head and, of course, my mullet in the back, which I call it a beaver paddle. And The, be- uh, <laughs> the beaver paddle, yeah. sweet. Yes, sir. And um, my mullet shook. And I was so stoned when I was thinking about it, right when I did it, I was like, what if the song would have only played when I shook my mullet and then cut off when my mullet stopped shaking? And I was like, yo, that's kind of funny. And I was like, hold up. I was like, I can make this video. I was like, I got good editing skills. I can make this easily right off my phone right here in this parking lot in 10 minutes and it'll be a hit. And so I filmed this video where... It's dead silent, and I'm all, like, talking about how I just got back from the barbershop and just got my beaver paddle trimmed up, and I got all this freedom flapping in the back, and and I shake my head, and as soon as I shake my head, the intro solo to LaGrange starts, and I stop shaking my head, and I was like, what the fuck? I was like, can you hear that? <laughs> and so I shake my head again, and the music starts up again, and I stop, and I'm like, ain't no way. And so I shake my head for a third time and then it goes into the course of LaGrange. And uh, that was the video. That was it. It was like 30 seconds long. And I watched it maybe a thousand times before I posted it. And I was like, this is only funny because I'm high. I was like, it's not going to be funny when I post it. But I was like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm going to post it anyways. Maybe, you know, my family and personal friends will find it to be funny. And, uh, so I post it to Facebook and I go to sleep. The next morning when I wake up, that video had reached a million views and had been shared like, that's the new one that I just posted. That one has uh, Mr. Breeze by Leonard Skinner. Playing. <laughs> what the fuck? Mr. Yeah. Breeze? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the most recent one that I filmed. And it didn't do that well on Instagram. As you can see, it only has 6,200 views on Instagram. But uh, on my TikTok, it's got 190,000 views. Um, it did fairly well on TikTok, surprisingly. Which platform do you like better? Uh, I'd say Instagram because uh, – and the only reason why I say Instagram is because I haven't personally dealt with – any type of controlling or censoring from Instagram yet. Now, as far as Facebook and TikTok, I get banned on Facebook like 
every other month. And now they've just started handing straight out 30 month bands to me. That's all I get. I don't get seven hour bands, eight hour bands or a week band or a day band. I'm instantly to the point now where they hit me with 30 days every time they ban me. Like currently my account came off of a 30 day restriction on July 10th and July 12th. I was back on a 30 day restriction because of a post I made six months ago. What the fuck? How is that fair? Yeah. So, and it sucks too because my business that I own and run by myself, I advertise through Facebook. And when I get banned through my personal account, so does my business account. And then I can't advertise for 30 days and I can't talk to people who comment on my business posts. So it kind of hurts my money, man. It really, it really affects me financially too at the, at the end of the day. There's a workaround so for that like, though. You can make a second account and then uh, make them a manager on your business account so that if your main account goes down, the business account stays up because your other account is also a manager on it. So I've done that and I have five personal Facebook accounts. But Facebook has them all linked together. So when one gets banned, they're all restricted. Oh, damn. So you need like a whole new email, a whole new series of everything so that they can't connect the two. Right, right, right. And uh, as far as TikTok, there's this one video that I had released where I was pulled over by a state trooper. And uh, it was right after the gas station photos and before the LaGrange video. So I was still within the first six months of going viral, but this, uh, the first video that I ever released, it didn't blow up like I expected it to. Um, it actually, it only got 13,000 views. Um, and I don't know how, because it was, it was amazing. So in the beginning of the video, I'm pulled over by a state trooper and, uh, I'm like, damn, they done caught the deer tag boys, you know? And the next clip, it's me, driving down the highway listening to the Dixie Chicks and I'm all excited because the cop didn't even write me a ticket and he let me go. And but in the in that clip I'm like, yo, this cop should have pulled me out and searched me. He didn't know I had this whole bag of Scooby snacks. And the next I pull out a bag of weed out of my pants. And the next clip is me smoking a joint with fuck the police playing in the background. And that I laughed at that. I thought that shit was fucking hilarious. And um, I posted it to TikTok and I had like 40,000 followers on TikTok at the time. And when I posted this video to TikTok, within like the first 10 minutes of it being posted on their platform, they had deleted it and banned my account permanently. Why? What the fuck? For drug referencing. The fuck? There's people just smoking weed flat out on Instagram, on TikTok. That's what, what I don't. That's what I don't get. And you got teenage girls shaking their ass all over TikTok, and they don't care about that. But me posting a video with a little bit of weed, they they made a big deal over that. I don't get it. Um, uh, that's so ridiculous, man. I don't understand what the yeah. point. Like, how do they decide? How do they decide? Like, okay, you can have these twelve-year-old girls uh, uh, twerking on this stupid fucking app, but you can't have a grown man do, just fucking smoking some shit that's not even like harming the world. In fact, that's the peace herb. The fuck? Right, 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 right. Like, I I don't get it, man. Like. Uh, you know, that's like I live in Texas. Texas will probably be one of the last states to ever legalize, unfortunately. Um, but that's just because 
uh, it's so uh, Republican down here in this state. And let's face it, a lot of the Republican voters that are still voting that actually do go out and vote are the boomer generation. And the boomer generation is stuck in their ways and their old beliefs. And they still think that weed is they, they still call weed dope. And when you say dope to me, I think you're talking about meth, not pot. or heroin. Yeah, for real. Yeah, exactly. And um, yeah, so uh, Texas is a very Republican state and those people are stuck in their ways and it'll they'll probably be the last state to legalize because of that, unfortunately. You think Texas um, is going to hold up last? Oh, yeah, for sure. Do you Definitely. think Texas is going to beat some shit like Alabama? I will. Alabama and Texas both, I can see them both um, being the last two states that, that legalized. Um, just because of how the boomer generation in both of those states are still very much there. And very much alive and still voting, and uh, and they're they're all you know Republicans, and a lot of them are still just stuck in their ways. Like the older the older generation, man, they have no idea about the weed unless they are a pothead themselves. Yeah, the and, the strangest part about that is that they got so brainwashed by the not even them directly, but like the their grandparents got brainwashed. Right. Or their parents, I guess, our grandparents. But their parents got brainwashed by the need to ca- to go to war. And so right. we needed to make weed illegal in the first place because it was making too many people, like, give a fuck and protest the mm-hmm. war. So we make that shit illegal. And now this whole generation of people are told no because it's bad. You know, all this propaganda of it's going to de- rot your brain. It's going right. to make you an addict and this and that. And then they teach it to our parents and our parents, their only reference point is their parents consistently repeating, it's no different than heroin or methamphetamine. That Dare. Dare was the biggest, like, scam of the century. Like, as far as their weed shit that they would talk about. Like, I just always thought Dare was a joke. What is, uh, uh what's Dare? I've never heard of that. You never heard of Dare before? Nope. Okay, so D.A.R.E. was a program that they had back in the 90s and early 2000s, and they still have it. It's still around till this day. It's a drug program. Uh, yeah, D.A.R.E. to resist drugs and violence. And uh, I always used to say that D.A.R.E. stood for drugs are really expensive. But um, <laughs> but D.A.R.E., they had like they used to come around to the schools and they would do these little programs at schools and teach kids about how bad drugs were. And, uh, that, you know, they were the ones who came up with the whole, this is your brain on pot. And it's looking like, you know, a a frying egg and a skillet. And, um, it's just to me, like, that's just a big organization that's going around spreading somewhat the truth on narcotics. But as far as them preaching to, People about marijuana, um, they're just spreading lies at that point. Um, to be fair, most people are. There's a, a tremendous amount of ignorance surrounding marijuana simply because sure. of the decades of bullshit that everybody's been fed. Definitely, definitely, 
Definitely. Now, I'm um, pro all drugs, though. Not that I would do all drugs, because a lot of that is crazy shit that will, like, kill you. But also, like, who the fuck gets to tell an adult what the fuck they get to put in their body and why? No, I, I completely agree with you. I think if they legalized every drug known to man, the uh, the percentage of use would probably go down dramatically because, for one... If it was legalized, that means it's being taxed. So it's going to be expensive as fuck. Um, two, people, a lot of people wouldn't feel comfortable going and buying their drugs in public, especially if they're doing heavy narcotics all the time. Um, three, it'll be regulated and it won't be nearly as strong as it was when they were buying it off the street illegally. So then they're not going to want it anymore. And it's just it's just going to cause a lot of shit like the addicts that are truly out there that are truly, you know, that can't stop, that have to get help to stop. Um, those would be the ones that would be out there still doing it. And um, they would be breaking in the stores just to steal it. some. Yeah. Yeah. And, and exactly. And, and crime, I feel like crime rate would probably go up a little bit just because of the fact that if all drugs were legal and taxed, then the true heavy users would definitely have to do something to get the money. I agree and disagree because I think that although the the addicts who can now not get it easily because it's more expensive would become more hostile and riskier, the amount of gang-related drug selling, the big pushers of pounds that do illegal sales to people who then distribute in smaller quantities, the the crime that happens between them robbing each other, killing each other, you owe me money, then pay me money, that all that crap disappears because their competition is the people who can get it for cheaper and sell it for more. For sure. The government can always get it cheaper and sell it for more than the illegal guys can, and people feel more comfortable going and getting it from their government because all of a sudden it's legal. Yep. And so they don't have to take the chances of uh, getting in trouble or getting arrested. And so that is nice. Uh, like, but with the uh, another thing, as far as talking about heavy drug use and it being legalized, like another subject in that is uh, ODing. Okay. So now they've, what was it, a few years ago, they put out these. M- medical packs for people who use syringes and stuff. If you're a heavy drug user, you can go to these locations and get clean needles and stuff for free. Right. So you won't fuck yourself up and you can go to these clinics and and get all the essentials you need to shoot up or whatever. And, um, I was seeing after that got legalized and the bill was passed and people in these clinics were offering that I was noticing that the drug usage was going up a little bit that more heroin and meth users who were shooting up, um, were feeling more comfortable because now they could go get clean needles and, and nobody was like saying bad things to them or judging them. You know, they were just going in this clinic and getting handed these needles to go get high with for free. And uh, so there was a bunch of people ODing right off the bat because they just had the supplies at hand. All they needed to do was go make a few bucks to go buy their drugs and they had everything else for free. Um, One thing I don't agree with is the taxpayers having to pay for somebody's overdose when they get an ambulance ride to the hospital. That's interesting. I, I think 
what the government should be doing is if you're a drug addict, especially somebody who's homeless because of your addiction and you're still on the streets spending money every day on drugs instead of trying to better your life and be a part of your community, instead of making the people who are out there working and bettering the community pay for your ambulance ride to the hospital and pay for your, your medication and everything to and your stomach pump to get the drugs out of your system and everything, um, I feel like they should make that attic work that debt away. So now they have to come up to that hospital every day and work, you know, four to eight hours a day until they've worked that debt off. And that might help a lot of people get clean if they're having to work and actually have a job, you know. Um, interesting, interesting. So you're definitely not for uh, people paying for the crimes of others. No, I don't I don't I don't think others should have to suffer the consequences uh and pay for other people's fuck ups. That's like insurance companies. Um if if you yourself was to leave your house tomorrow and get into a car wreck and your insurance is liable for the wreck and they have to pay out to another company and and your insurance rate then goes up and you're paying now a higher premium and a higher monthly rate. Not only are you going to pay that higher monthly rate and premium because of your wreck, but everybody else that has insurance through that same company, their rates and their premiums now just went up because you got into a wreck. Okay, okay. So you have a, a, a situation like that where the government is then paying for something and it's not appropriate. In the case of, let's say, a, a child rapist, right? The child rapist gets put into prison. Now, you could execute this person and not pay for their survival and then they kind of got away with it because they don't have to suffer anymore they don't have to suffer with their crimes and sort of suffer with the fact that they did that now this is a fucking child rapist the solution to him not pay to us not paying for him for his crimes basically through our tax money would be to execute him but then he gets away with the crime what do you think of that uh i agree with the execution part um now, a lot of people are going to say this is probably where I'm fucked up in the sense of thinking um, or morbid or whatever. But I think anybody that an, an adult or anybody over the age of 15 and up who takes a sexual crime against a child, um, if they're if they're themselves a child, they should be, you know, maybe incarcerated until they're an adult. And maybe go through some therapy to see what the hell is going on in their head. And then maybe if, if it's a kid that did it, you know, maybe just let them sit some years out in prison to get their ass right. But if it's an adult, if it's a full grown adult that has taken sexual actions against a child or gone out in public and shot up a place, whether it be a school or a store, I feel like those people should be executed on the spot. Um, no need to go to court, no need to take them to jail. Uh, just put a 50 cent round of lead in their head and throw their ass into a grave. See, um, I am on board with what you're saying a hundred percent, but I also think like we have to be okay with the fact that they don't have to suffer. They took lives and they don't have to suffer because that's what's happening. Oh, no, 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 that's definitely fine. That's definitely fine by me. I, th I think they should be eliminated off the face of the earth and nobody has to worry about them and the taxpayers don't have to pay for them. Because, I mean, 
I got a cousin of mine who has spent his whole life in prison and he has told me many a times when he's gotten out in between his stays at prison that, uh, he would rather be locked up than be in the free world because it's easier in prison than it is out here. In there, you, you get a guaranteed job with a guaranteed paycheck. You get free education. You get free meals. You ain't got no bills. And you get a free place to sleep. So uh, to people that have already been in prison, prison's a fucking cakewalk to them. They love it. So then, different question. Would you prefer to have a prison system that's uh, aimed at rehabilitation instead of our failed system at punishment, which seems to be rewarding people and not rehabilitating anybody? Or would you rather anybody who has petty crimes just go through a quick community service program or a therapeutic program and everybody else who's committed more aggressive crimes just be like wiped clean off the face of the earth? Petty crimes, I definitely feel like they should like, you know, like weed or traffic violations that because I mean people get into wrecks and stuff all the time and it maybe maybe it's their fifth or sixth DUI and luckily they've never killed nobody but now they're looking at 20 years in prison because they've been drinking and driving so much um, people like that I feel like they could there's no need in putting somebody who's you know been drinking and driving away for 20 years just take their driver's license away and make them ride the fucking bus from now on um, you're and if they fucking genius bro you are so smart. Yeah. I, like, give you props on that. I mean, if they get caught driving a vehicle after you take their driver's license away, then, yeah, put them in prison for a year or two. Make them think about it. I bet they won't do it after they get out of a year or two. Um, but the more heavier shit, murder, rape, uh, embezzlement, because embezzlement destroys families and causes tons of suicide. Um, so shit like that should definitely be harsher punishment. Um, Instead of just rotting away in a in a free living place and getting free education and free food. What are your thoughts on an actual punishment system then? Like we still pay for it as taxpayers, but we just throw these people in basically what are torture chambers in which they really do just get subjected to what would in other words be known as hell. I think it's funny that a lot of states got rid of the electrical chair and we've all, a lot of them have went to um, lethal injection or gas chamber because honestly, if I had to pick any way of those three of me, if myself to die, I would probably choose the electrical chair. Um, and the reason why I say that is because you're going to get hit with so many voltage right off the bat that, you feel it for the first initial second, but after that, you don't, you're not feeling shit. You're just frying, and and then it's over with. Um, the in, the injection, like you're putting poison into your body, and it's lethal amounts of poison, and so that shit is probably running through your veins and burning, and it probably don't feel that great. You know what I mean? I I, I could imagine because I've seen some videos on some websites of that shit being done to people in prison and like the way your body reacts to it it looks really fucking painful and you're all foaming out the mouth and everything like but I that's beautiful that. if this person like did something like they shot up a church or some shit right okay grant now now i see what you're saying there true true i agree with you there um now yeah if the crime is some horrific crime 
and the public wants to see this person pay for what they did, then sure, let's throw them in a gas chamber. Let's lethal inject them. Let's throw them in an electrical chair. But what I think we should bring back is televised or public executions, because if we did that, I guarantee you the crime rate would drop. Look, oh my God, I've totally had this idea before, but I'm also way more morbid than you because my idea for this was imagine like a glass container, like this bulletproof glass that nobody can get out of. And so you throw the person who committed the crime in there, you close it. We can all see it all the time and watch that person slowly starve to death. And we're not paying for anything. We already own the container. We don't have to buy another one. We just throw them in there and watch them slowly rot away. For sure. No, I, I, I would be down with that. I would be okay with that, depending on the crime that person committed, for sure. Um, but the the problem that we run into is that social media and just the media itself and uh, a lot of other things throughout the world has turned society into a bunch of... Sensitive bitches? Yeah, sensitive bitches, man, for real. Um, like... School shooters, these fucking kids that go to school and they take numerous amounts of lives away from their families. I think those little bastards should be drug out of the fucking school and have the families whose kids were just murdered lined up with fucking rifles and let all of them just have their fucking way with that kid. 100%. I like that a lot. I also think it'd be awesome if you like strap that kid to a chair and let them all go at him with hammers or something. Yeah, do whatever the fuck they want to them. That, that's what I think should happen, and it should be televised. That way, any other little bastard out there that's thinking about going to school with their, their parents' guns and killing a bunch of their classmates will maybe think twice about it. But the problem uh, is we do the opposite, right? We see the kid do this, and then we just splatter his name all over everything. And then these neglected kids who are subject to abuse and parents who don't give a fuck but do have access to a gun see, like, oh, I don't get attention at home, but I can get attention if I do this. And I'm going to be on the news, and everybody's going to know my name, so I'm going to go do it. And I'm fucking, you know, the cops are going to be on my side, so I'm going to go do the thing. And who knows? Maybe they even take me to Burger King afterwards, which fucking actually right. literally happened at some point. Right, right. Right. It's fucking wild. Like uh, that that little bastard that did that shooting in Florida. Uh, I'm not sure if you recently heard about what he was in the news for, but he attacked a prison guard the other day and critically wound him in the prison that he's locked up in. Like, why is that little bastard even still breathing? See, that's mad fucked, because at the end of the day... You already knew he was capable of extremely violent crimes. So put him in any scenario where he could even move is Right. Why isn't why isn't he in solitary confinement for twenty three hours a day? Yeah. Yeah, why exactly. Where's the maximum security for a guy who just went and murdered yeah. hella people? Yeah, 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 yeah. No, he yeah, right there. Look, video show Florida Massacre Suspect attacking jail guard. Yeah. Again, uh apparently that dude got pretty fucked up in the attack. And um had to go to the hospital and all he was doing was he went to work to provide for his family and one of these bastards that we have locked up in our systems took advantage of their their freedom that they do have inside the prison and attacked him see now man this is so fucked up because prison guards are just as prisoner as the fucking prisoners are right you got to go into this fucking hellhole every time you go to work for sure yeah my brother was a, a correctional officer for eight years and uh, he actually worked on a death row unit um, for, I think, 
man, maybe four or five years. And you know what's crazy is um, I know it happens, but by law, correctional officers cannot um, if a prisoner punches a correctional officer in the face, that correctional officer cannot hit them back. Why? They can, they, can use, they can use force to restrain that prisoner, but they cannot physically attack that prisoner back. Why not? Right? It's self-defense. I don't understand it either. Um, but my brother, he told me some fucked up shit like these prisoners on death row. They're all going to die, right? So they don't have anything to lose. They're just all in there running on borrowed time, waiting for their days to end. And they just think about ways that they can hurt these prison guards. And um, one day they were doing cell check. And that's where, you know, they go through and check the prisoner's cell and tear it apart and make sure they don't have any contraband. Well, this one prisoner had taken a newspaper and he had rolled it up into. You know, he rolled it up and it looked like kind of like a barrel, right? And he took some type of coating or glue or something and he rubbed it all over this newspaper while it was rolled up. And he basically, it hardened and it basically made like either what you would call a pipe or a barrel. And then this dude had taken safety pins and stuck them in to the end on one end of this newspaper on each side and he took a rubber band and he stabbed those little safety pins through that rubber band to hold it on there kind of like a slingshot somehow or another somebody who came and visited this prisoner or maybe another correctional officer a dirty correctional officer but somebody gave this prisoner a 12 gauge double shotgun shell and what he did was he made a homemade shotgun and so they, my brother and, and his partner actually found it in this guy's uh, cell. He had it hid underneath his mattress. And so when they find something like that, they have to do, they have to write up the whole thing, right? And they have to question the prisoner and find out, you know, what he was going to do with it and why he was going to do what he was going to do with it and blah, blah, blah. And um, apparently the correctional officer that was supposed to work that night shift um, it was this prisoner's initiation into one of the prison gangs to shoot that prison guard when he came past his cell. And so he shot him from inside the cell. No, he didn't shoot the guard because luckily my brother and another guard found all the contraband that uh, for this homemade gun that this prisoner had found before the night shift of correctional officers came in. And so they were able to intervene and, and stop that from ever happening luckily um but yeah it, it just goes to show you how crazy like that prisoner he was already on uh, on a death row sentence he's already on death row and he has nothing to lose so he wants to be in this gang this prison gang probably for protection from other prisoners while he's still alive and they told him that they wanted him to kill this specific correctional officer this prison guard and uh so this this guy had made a homemade gun and somehow or another had gotten his hands on a shotgun shell and he was gonna shoot this fucking this guard with it see this is a well-known fact that uh prisoners are quite often the most resourceful people on the planet but it's because they got nothing else to do so with the bare minimum amount of crap they can craft seemingly anything for sure 
Definitely. Definitely. Um, like, another thing they do on death row is uh, they, they, they shitbag people. And that's where these prisoners what? will shit. This is where prisoners will shit in a bag. Okay, like a Ziploc bag. Right. And they will poke holes in it with a needle. And they will wait till a guard walks by. And then they will throw that bag as hard as they can at the guard. And so when it hits them, all that shit squirts out those little holes that they've poked all over the bag. And it covers the guard. And they do this because... Because they got nothing better to do. Fair enough. Like, that sounds like legitimate reason to do that. Yeah, because they got nothing better to do, man. And, I mean, and in behalf to, like, some of those prison guards are fucking assholes, though. Some of them do beat up prisoners and or, or even rape prisoners and, and fucking, you know, steal from them. Like, because prisoners got jobs. Like, them dudes are in there working and they're making money, some of them. And, uh, you know, like... Or they got connections on the outside, and they got money on the outside, and so some of them guards are dirty as fuck and uh, extorting prisoners. And that is one huge problem. We, oh man, this whole fucking country is ridiculous like that. Though we have so many fucking people in prison, then so we in return we need so many prison guards that there's no way we can filter all that shit. Pretty much anybody who says okay, I'll be a prison guard, we make a prison guard because nobody wants that fucking job. So a bunch of crooked people show up and get shoved into those places as as much as the people who want to do good. I think if your crime isn't murder, rape, trafficking, um, uh, kidnapping, embezzlement, I don't think you should be in prison. I think there should be another type of program for pettier crimes. Those crimes that I just named off, those are the ones that really should be doing the hard time. Um, because at the end of the day, there's a lot of people in prison that our tax dollars are paying for that are not meant to be in prison. Uh, there's guys that are still locked up from the 70s and 80s who got sent to prison over a few joints that they had in their pocket on a traffic stop. Yeah, it's fucked. That's some bullshit yeah. that we still have not dealt with, and people have truly lost their lives all because of the stupid war on drugs that wasn't even about war yeah. on drugs, it was war on black people. Yeah, 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 exactly. And so um, I definitely think if you haven't mentally or physically hurt somebody or, you know, or if you haven't taken money away from hundreds of families by, you know, like, my stepdad worked for Enron. I'm not sure if you're familiar with that. I have no idea what that is. Oh, man. If you ever get time, look up the Enron scandal. Your mind will be blown. Um, but he worked for Enron, and, and Enron freezed all their stocks and sold all their employees' stocks. And within five hours, one of the biggest companies ever in America's history was shut down and thousands of employees lost their jobs all over. And honestly, um, a lot of people that did lose their jobs because of the two owners um, from Enron, Ken Lay and uh, another one, I can't remember his fucking name. Uh, but there was a lot of these guys from Enron that worked for this company that went home and blew their brains out because they had just in, in overnight lost their retirement and their 401ks. 
and all their stocks and they were broke and they didn't know what the fuck they were going to do. And they were 40, 50 year old men. So they went home and they ate a bullet because of these two fucking dudes who owned Enron. And uh, right there, it says that video that you were just showing on the screen says the biggest fraud in history. The man to the left is Ken Lay. Get this shit. That guy right there. Um, he was looking at the other man on the right went home and killed himself because he knew he was going to go to prison. So he went home and blew his brains out while sitting in a Ferrari in his garage of a $500,000 house. You know, good for you. Uh, but the guy on the left, Ken Lay, he owned multiple properties all over the world. He was one of the richest dudes back in, back in the day. And, um, randomly before he was going to get indicted and go to court and be sent to years in prison for, you know, fraud. Um, he had a heart attack and died. But the catch here is that his funeral was televised and he had a closed casket. Interesting. Who the fuck has a closed casket for a, From heart, a heart attack? attack. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. So, Paid off their debts and they faked their death and now they're living on an island somewhere using money that they stole from all these other people that broke their backs for that man for years to build his company. That's pretty fucked. Do you think do you think there's any situation in life that can make you eat a bullet? I have come close years ago. I was in a deep ass hole and uh, I was depressed, man. I really was. And uh, I actually stuck a Glock 40 in my mouth and pulled the trigger and it jammed. Don't know why. Holy it jammed. shit. Yeah, I don't know why it jammed. Um, all I like immediately when it jammed, I pulled it out of my mouth and I set it down on the bed and I just kind of laughed because I was at that point to where I was like, Man, my life sucks so much that I can't even fucking blow my brains out. That's how much it sucks. And uh, so I kind of just laughed it off and put my gun back up and went on with my day. And I was like, well, I guess I'm just stuck in this shitty hellhole of a life that I have at the time. And uh, But like all things, um, I got out of that depression and my life got better and I'm glad that the gun jammed because suicide really is only just a permanent solution for a temporary problem. Yep. And uh, On the flip side, we don't know how permanent it really is. True, true. You never do know how permanent uh, your problem may be uh, or, or temporary your problem may be. Um, but two, you could try to kill yourself and end up like some of them people who weren't successful, but they still blew half their face off and now they're a vegetable. Like, yeah. That fucking, that, that look, that is like my ultimate fucking fear. That <laughs> like is how, how shitty would that be? <laughs> yo, this is, this is my fear, right? Like it doesn't matter what you do to kill yourself. Right. There's that guy who fell, uh, what was it? Like 11 floors, 11 stories and survived the fucking fall. Holy shit. There's a dude shit. who jumped off the Golden State Bridge twice and survived both times. That's fucked. You see that? That sucks. Like, you don't want to be yeah. that guy. No, no. That dude broke every bone in his body two times, and it took him two times doing it to realize that, hey, maybe I'm meant to be here on this earth. <laughs> I mean, I feel like the first one was a good enough proof of that. Yeah, dude. You jump from the Golden Gate Bridge and you live one time, like, 
I'd, I'd be walking around feeling like Superman. I don't care if I did break every bone in my body. Yeah, you're the fucking chosen one at that point. Yeah, for sure. For damn sure. Like, am I Jesus? <laughs> like, I'm sure Jesus could break some bones. Yeah, maybe I broke all my bones on impact because I can walk on water. Okay, give me, let me give this a second shot. Okay. <laughs> That's crazy, man. I, I, I'm so fucking horrible. Like, putting a gun in my... That's what you said is my... Hor- like, there was that dude who put the shotgun in his mouth, and he pulled the trigger, and, like, most of his head is gone, and he didn't fucking die. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He blew the front of his face off, and he actually called 911 himself. Yeah. Yeah, that's so yeah. fucked. That's so yeah. unbelievably fucked. That yeah, they have a picture me. of him with paramedics all around him, where his jaw's just, like, hanging off the side of his face. I'm like, oh fuck, man! Like, how, like, but they said apparently that dude after he had, I don't, I can't remember how many re- reconstructive surgeries, but um, finally when the dude was able to talk again, um, apparently the story has it that the reason why that happened was at the last second when he pulled the trigger, he changed his mind, right? And so he jerked the gun away at the last second. And um, surprisingly, the shells, the the shotgun shell that he shot off caught him at the bottom of his jaw, uh, just at the tip of his jaw. And it just happened to rip the front of his face right off. And uh, but it didn't hit none of his brain. So luckily, like it didn't kill him. Right. I mean, I would have wanted to have been dead after that. Like just somebody show up and please finish the job. For sure. For sure. You would think he was probably going through a ton of pain. Um, but I, I, at some part of me wants to believe that shock had probably set in and he he probably wasn't feeling anything. Yeah, the adrenaline uh, definitely like had to numb him out. Right. I'm too horrified about yeah. that. That's It's too much. It's too much. That's I am... like people with jumping out of buildings. They say what they people. There's studies that say that uh nine out of ten jumpers, their hearts explode before they ever hit the ground because of fear. The fear sets in of what they just did, and they have a heart attack. Um, my luck, I wouldn't have that. I would fall all the way to the ground and be conscious through it all, and and until I smack the fucking pavement and my brain leaves through the front of my face. Unless um, you don't die. Because another problem is, what angle are you falling in? Is your body flat right. and the wind resistance is slowing you down? <clears throat> right, yeah. You could fall and miraculously somehow survive. There's been people that have fallen out of planes and their parachute not open and they survived. And, um, you know, they fell like 14,000 feet. And that's just even. That's mind-blowing that people can fall from that. You know, it don't happen a lot, but it has happened. And that's what's mind blowing is because I think there was a lady. Do you remember? I'm not sure if you remember, but I remember when I was a kid in the 90s, there used to be this TV show called 911 Emergency. I don't remember that show, no. Okay. So, yeah, there was this show on TV called 911 Emergency. It used to come on at night before like America's Most Wanted or some shit. And uh, uh, it was just like crazy 911 calls that people had made. And, um, they, you know, turned it into a TV show, a series and shit. And there was one where a lady had jumped out of a plane. She was skydiving 
and her parachute didn't fucking open and she fell 14,000 or something, 12 to 14,000 feet and some shit and smacked the fucking ground. She broke uh, almost every bone in her body, but she survived. And, um, I just couldn't imagine falling because I've gone skydiving. I've jumped out of a plane at 14,000 feet and know what it's like to free fall at 125 miles an hour and, you know, and, and take the whole ride down with the parachute open and, and land on the ground safely. And just thinking about that whole fall as a free fall all the way to the ground until your body just comes to a immediate stop. Uh, that's scary as fuck. I don't. This is crazy because what's like, what's going through this person's mind that most people fall out of a building and their heart explodes before they hit the ground, but this person fell out of a fucking plane. They're like, oh, that's cool, right? Yeah, that's like uh, people with nine eleven. You know, the people who actually chose to jump out of the towers. Like, um, I couldn't have done it. I would have taken my chances with the fire yes. and the building collapsing. Um, cause I don't give a fuck how, how bad it was. I probably would have, uh, either found a way to get down to the bottom floor and get out of that building or, you know, died trying obviously when the building collapsed. But the fear is, uh, uh, I guess that's not even fear. We're fucking like sheep, you know, we're weird animals that just do whatever the fuck we're told. And everybody was told to stay there. So they were too scared to move until the fire took over. The moment right. the whole building shutters because a plane hit it, I'm getting the they fuck out of that building. Yeah, what the fuck? That's crazy. The people that were on the floors above the impact floors, um, Sorry about your luck, but you're dead. Uh, you know, you're going to die for sure, because unfortunately you are in the floors above the floors that got hit. And now you have no way to get down the stairs. Right. So then people were fucked from the get go. But the people on the lower floors that did die because they didn't get out in time. I don't understand why they weren't able to get out in time. They, like you said, as soon as you fill a building of that size, shake like it did when those planes made impact common sense should have took over and people should have been like uh, maybe i need to get the fuck out of here yeah that's fucking nuts i don't know who the hell just let's wait it out something horrible but, just no my work day just fucking ended right now i'm going home yeah yeah i'm getting the fuck out this building it just shook and we don't have earthquakes in new york city partner sorry yeah that's ridiculous now what who do you think is the cause do you think what the government told us about 9-11 is true or do you think the government's responsible for 9-11 or at least they knew it was going to happen and didn't stop it um they probably knew it was going to happen and didn't stop it because they wanted to go they wanted a reason to go back over to war let's look at it this way george bush senior when he was in office in 91 we were in iraq well we weren't in iraq but we were in afghanistan desert storm and shit right and uh, that war never truly got finished. Uh, George Bush Sr. never got to see it end. Um, he was out of office. And so now, years later, here's his son coming into office. And he's got his dad in his ear. And probably, you know, there's they know there's a ton of fucking oil over there. And the Bushes, they're from Texas. And this is an oil state. And we're an oil country because we make tons of money off of it. And so that's just more of a reason for us to go over into Afghanistan and steal their oil, right? Uh, go to war with them. 
and that gives us a reason to put boots on their dirt and then now we have a way to get our oil companies over there like Halliburton and KBR and shit. Um, they're over there and they're guarded by military. Um, Isn't but, that fucked? We just occupied some fucking country and stayed there for the last like 20, 30 years. Do you know how Hawaii became a part of the United States? We murdered everybody there? We overtook Hawaii. Um and we overtook it just for their sugar because they had the best sugar and that's why we wanted it and so one of our kings back in the day well not king because we never had kings but one of our top hombres back in the day decided that they were going to float over there and go take that shit fucking you you can pull that up and you'll see it on there um i was watching man I was some shit on YouTube I was watching months ago and uh it was some stuff on racism and crap and uh had this Hawaiian lady on a talk show and this white lady on the phone calling in and she had brought it up and I was like no way I was like I never knew that about Hawaii and so I was all looking into it and sure enough we like overtook that shit for its sugar that's fucked. But, like, man, I'm not even surprised, right? Like, we attack fucking... The one thing I always go back to is the fact that we are actively creating, like, a robot war in many countries. We just have machines oh, out there yeah. gunning motherfuckers yeah. down. I mean, think about the Native Americans. I mean, we just came over here, raped their women, and fucking killed their people. And Dude, gave, gave them... isn't that the craziest fucking story? Some British people took a boat, went to Africa, kidnapped a bunch of black people, then drove up all the islands, murdering, pillaging, impregnating, and leaving children behind, all the way to the fucking current United States, where they then landed with the black people as slaves and some Chinese people they picked up along the way and just massacred a bunch of the Native Americans that were here and just like, oh, wow, sure. bro. It was, well, it was all fucked. It was all fucked. Like, so, I mean, some of those white dudes from, you know, the British, the British guys, some of those definitely did um, just take some slaves. Some of them slaves were sold by their own people, which is even more fucked up. Like, your own people are selling you to some white dudes on a boat. Like, God. That's I couldn't imagine that. That's fucked. Yeah, it's fucked. And as then, hell. yeah, and then uh, and then you get taken away and you get brought over here and then all these all the same thing with the Indians. We we came in and we took their land and and we raped their women and, and killed the men and and then once we got the land that we wanted, we said okay, now that we've basically terminated half of y'all's asses, um, here's some shitty land that we don't want. And y'all can put reservations on them if you if you'd like, and you can live here. That sounds that's American what, as fuck to me, Marca. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, don't get me wrong; I'm all about America and, and our country and shit. But the way that we got it was, I'm not gonna ignore the facts. I mean, like we slaughtered a whole entire race of people yeah i mean to be to fair we're it. still basically the remaining nazi germany right like we have literal internment camps just for sure. mexicans just in the south just chilling just a bunch of just yeah. internment camps because why not definitely definitely um dude it's it's crazy like we talk about how bad hitler is but 
we're really not that much we're different. Not that mu- and look, we accuse all these soldiers are we're ignorant. How dare they let this happen? It's like the same way we're letting it happen. They weren't necessarily aware of everything. They were also given bullshit propaganda. We're told, no, they, you know, these are criminals. We put them in these. Like, how is everybody that comes over the border? I get that they're illegally coming in, but, like, they're not hostile or anything. They're desperate. We let other people from other places seek asylum. Why can't we let Mexicans? Right. right. Well, like, you know, like, people wanting to put blame on, you know, cops and soldiers and, 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 Shit like that. Sure, some of them know better. The ones that truly have common sense and know what they're doing is wrong, those are the ones that, you know, should have the fingers pointed at them. Um, but then you got, I can, I, I, I mean, I'm sure y'all, I'm sure some of y'all went to school with one of those kids that was either in ROTC or even if he wasn't in ROTC. He was just all about doing everything the right way and following the rules. And those are the kids that end up growing up to be either the cop that does everything by the books and or the soldier, like you were saying, that is just there and just gets told what to do and he fucking does it and he doesn't know what's going on truly behind the scenes. And like, I don't I don't think that guy's a bad guy. I don't think that no, guy's a bad, a bad guy. guy. He's unwillingly doing bad shit because he thinks he's doing it for the right reasons. Yes, 100%. Now, controversial opinion is that a bunch of soldiers in Nazi Germany were the same thing. And they weren't necessarily bad people as much as they were just somebody doing a job who wanted to get a paycheck, go home and feed their family. Right. And that's fucked. Like, I get that that idea is fucked up to be like, oh, you know, we got to sympathize with some of them. But it's like, let's be real. We can't just condemn everybody. Right. And that sucks. I get I get the idea behind that. And, like, we have some people here. Like, yeah, there's some fucking shitty cops. But there's no fucking way they're all shitty cops. We just happen to be aiming. We don't aim the camera at the cop that did it right. Because, like, why, no. why the fuck would we? No, because nobody's going to give a fuck about that. Yeah. So, like, there's 50 cops in a police station who are doing it right. But there's that one asshole who keeps getting away with doing it wrong. We aim it at right. that guy. Now that whole police department is known because of that douchebag. Right. I mean, don't get me wrong. I... I... I, I don't like cops because, you know, usually if a cop is fucking with you, 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 you you're fucked. But um, I got a cousin that's a cop, you know, and outside of his work, we're cool as shit all day long. I don't fuck with him when he's got his uniform on because, you know, just I stay, I, I let him do his thing. And, you know, I smoke weed. And so I don't want to put him into a position where he has to fuck with me because of his job and um two though he's a really cool cop like he'll there, and there's a lot of cops out there like this but for instance if my cousin pulls somebody over with small amount of drugs no matter what kind of drugs it is it's just a small amount and he can clearly tell it's personal use he's gonna throw your drugs out the window and write you your traffic ticket and and tell you you know hey show up to fucking court if you don't show up to court and then i'll just say that i forgot to throw these drugs into the evidence and, and then i'll bring those charges up on you and usually those people end up showing court because they don't want those charges thrown on them and they pay their little traffic ticket and they go on about the fucking business see that's the right way yeah. to do it that's amazing yeah yeah like if every cop i mean a lot of cops i mean you got those cops too that they think that they got fucking power out their ass and they find one little roach 
of weed in your ashtray and they want to rip you out of your fucking truck and slap handcuffs on you and haul your ass off to county jail. See, now you're talking about something that I believe is a big problem. I do believe a lot of cops are good cops and there's a lot of shitty cops, but not like way more. There's like 1% of all cops are shitty. But there's one thing that seems to be consistent across the board and it's the fact that cops don't know the fucking law. Oh, yeah, facts. Facts. More more civilians on the street know the law better than the cops themselves. Um, and that's sad, but it it's the way it is. And it's like I asked my cousin, I said, when you went through police academy, did did they have you like with a law book and you going through every fucking law that there is and reading everything? And he was like, no. He was like, you get a law book and if you want to look up those laws, you can. He said, but, you know, usually... He said, really, you think somebody's sitting there reading those laws all the time? Nope. He said, there's thousands of laws. Nope. And I it's was like, just six months of CQC and uh, drills. That's it. <clears throat> yeah. And um, I told him, I said, well, I know if I had that job and I was wearing that uniform, I would want to know the proper laws so that way I would not make a mistake while I'm in out working and take the chance on either personally getting sued and losing my job or causing this my city or even my police department to get sued and because i mean the police department's money is essentially the taxpayers money and state money which is taxpayers money and so and in the city the same thing it's government money and taxpayer taxpayers money so it's all coming out of everybody's pocket so I don't want everybody to have to pay for a mistake that I made because I don't believe in people paying for other people's mistakes. So I would know I would want to know all the laws as much as I possibly could or retain in my brain. And uh, that way I can feel like I'm doing my job the correct way. And uh, my cousin was, you know, of course, he just kind of laughed because he was like, yeah, but who's really going to sit there and read all those laws and, and try to memorize them? And I was like, no, agreed. I totally agree. I said, nobody is going to sit there and try to remember all these laws that we have and try to and, and try to remember them in, in their head. Um, it's just. But it sucks that it's that way because it leaves for uneducated, uneducated officers on the street. And it leads to where the point now where we have civilians studying the law at home off the Internet. And now they know more than the people that are getting paid to, to put those laws out there in effect. That's fucking crazy, right? Because there are people who just have the – I mean you don't have to know all the laws, right? You really just have to know the individual personal active in the moment laws which are how a police officer can interact with the civilian which even right. that bare 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 minimum a lot of these cops right. don't fucking know that picture you just had pulled up it says it takes lawyers eight years to learn the law how can we trust a cop to learn it in six months that is one of the most um that's the best question anybody could ever ask in a situation. Oh, no. Uh, it's even crazier. It takes a doctor 12 years to be able to risk your life by working on you. It takes a guy six months hey. to be handed a gun to be able to take your life. Speaking about doctors, um, I call those educated guessers. Yep. Um, 
but that's accurate right the the problem is that people get there for whatever fucking reason people put in their minds the doctors either fully 100 percent know the answer which is wrong or they don't know anything at all and i like what you said what you said is correct they are scientists they don't know the answer they're trying to get as close to it as possible right 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 and that's why they constantly have people come back and visit them it's we're just little guinea pigs and they're giving us these pills and they're like take this and it here's some side effects and it it might fix your situation it or it could cause something worse to happen but i want you to come back in two weeks and i'm gonna look at you again and uh and, and if you look the same then i'm gonna give you some more pills um and, and send you on your way and, and you pay a shit ton of money and you have medical insurance and you got to pay a shit ton of money on that a month and just for somebody to guess yeah yeah i'm not on board with any of that i i I refuse to go to the doctor i refuse to go to the hospital i believe eat food that gives you vitamins and uh your body can do most of the work by itself i haven't been sick in like 10 years i haven't been to a doctor since i was 21 years old um damn about the same we're we're on that same boat that's some nine years i've not been to a doctor uh well Okay, I take that back. I went to a doctor um, in 2017 because I had a cyst come up on my knuckle on my left index finger. And um, I went to a local ER to see if they could cut it out. And uh, unfortunately, the damn thing was attached to my tendon that's right on top of my knuckle. And uh, so I had to go to a hand specialist, and uh, which... I still have it ruptured and it went away and then uh, and it ruptured underneath the skin. It's crazy, man. This fucking cyst. I, I got it because I used to work in a, a pipe shop and a, a grinder caught my finger and cut it open. And I'm the type to where like even if I need stitches, I'll just super glue that shit and tape, tape you know, tape it up, put bandages on it or whatever. Um, and I did that with this knuckle, and I think it got infected, and I got a cyst underneath it from it. And uh, but yeah, I've had this cyst for a few years, whatever. So now I got to go to a hand specialist and have surgery to where they cut it off the tendon to where I don't damage my tendon, so I can still be able to bend my finger. Where do you stand on vaccines? I haven't had my vaccine. Um, I haven't had a fucking flu shot and since i was in school yep we're on that same boat we're on that same boat um i mean i don't really get sick if i do get sick i get really sick when i do um which is not often you know i might get like sick once a year and usually it's not too bad but there might be that one year where I get sick for like a week, a week and a half. Like, and that just happened to me. Uh, I think it was pre COVID, uh, before the pandemic really hit, it was like right before new year's. So it was like 2019, late 2019. Um, I was sick for two weeks straight. I just felt like death. Uh, I couldn't hold anything down. 
I laid in bed for a week and a half, hardly moving. Interesting, was- interesting. After the initial COVID scare, somewhere in the middle of the year where they really sat down and started looking at COVID, they found out that a bunch of people could have potentially had it because they had antibodies, but they didn't have COVID from the date we looked. Uh, so it's right. possible people had it ahead of time. You, you could have actually had COVID. Right. No, that's what I was thinking. And then, uh, then you know, six months later or so, 2020, 2020, no, 2020 had already passed. Yes. Yeah, let's see. How many months ago was it? I say probably back right around December. Um, me and my girlfriend, one of our mutual friends had came over and stayed at the house and he had been out of town working. But apparently he had coronavirus and didn't know it and came and stayed at our house and we ended up getting it. And so uh, there, then for sure I knew I had it because we went and got tested and we both tested positive. Did you experience any symptoms? Yeah, I lost a sense of smell and taste. Um, Cigarettes, because I was smoking then, and cigarettes were just tasting like absolute dog shit to me. Like, I would take like one or two drags and I'd put out the cigarette, and I wouldn't want, like, I usually, when I was smoking, I was smoking like a pack a day. And um, while I was sick with coronavirus, I maybe smoked like a full cigarette a day, maybe two. Do you still smoke now? No, no, I've actually been cigarette-free for a little over three weeks. Congratulations, first of all, and second, can we thank coronavirus for that? Uh, no, coronavirus is not the reason why I quit. Um, I, uh, I quit just for the simple fact, like, getting older, I probably should start watching out on my health a little bit, and... Cigarettes are fucking expensive, man. Like, I smoke, or I did smoke Marlboro Southern Cuts, and uh, those, when I started smoking, I was paying like $5 a pack, right? And now they're up to like $8 and some change. And I started doing the math. If I'm smoking a pack a day, every day, 365 days a year, times eight dollars and some change man that's a couple thousand dollars a little over three thousand dollars i'm spending a year to kill myself yeah to slowly commit suicide yeah and i was like man and i've seen multiple family members including my dad and my stepdad die from cancer and it's not anything i want to go through uh so i was like man I should probably put this shit down. And so my girlfriend, she has this app on her phone. It tracks every day that you've been cigarette free, right? And it tells you like what percentage your lung capabilities come back to. Uh, Apparently it can tell you what percentage your uh, teeth whitening has came back from not smoking. Um, It tells you how much money you've saved. Uh, It tells you the chances of, uh, or your chances of lung cancer within, like, I think it said on her phone, it said, uh, in, in 10 years and like eight days or some shit, uh, she'll be completely free of the risk of lung cancer. So if she stays 10 years non-smoking, 
she's apparently by this app from what it says on this app she'll be free and clear of lung cancer but i kind of think that's bullshit because there's like little ass kids that get lung cancer that they never smoked a day in their yeah, life just a little bit of secondhand smoke once and they just got lung cancer now <laughs> yeah Man, that's the shit in the stick, ain't it? That's crazy, right? Because going back to this guy falling out of the building, right? He fell down 11 stories and he just fucking survived the fall with a couple of scrapes. And then a little kid fell down a hole that was just eight feet and died. Like when it's your day, it's your day. Like random shit is going to happen inevitably. Yeah, for sure. No, uh, I definitely believe that everybody is here on borrowed time, and some of our time has a, you know, it's all we all have a set date. We don't know when. Um, if there is a God and a higher power, that dude definitely, or that woman, whoever the fuck it is, definitely knows our dates, because they're obviously our creator, right? But um, we don't know, so we're all just chilling. And like when I was 21, um, like I said, last time I went to the doctor was when I was 21. And I was told that at that time I had high blood pressure and that my top number was in stage two hypertension and my bottom number was in stage one hypertension. And the dude was like, man, he's like, if you don't change your fucking health, he's like, by the time he's like, you won't even make it to 40 before you have a massive heart attack. He's like, you need to be on some blood pressure medication. And, uh, so I took that shit for like a week and then I was like, man, fuck this. I don't need that. And um, I quit taking it because I didn't like the way it made me feel. And uh, I don't know. I, I think I haven't checked my blood pressure. I don't ever keep up with my blood pressure, but I feel all right. But I, probably about five, maybe four months ago, four or five months, uh, I had a scare. I thought I was having a heart attack. And I actually called my girlfriend while she was at work, and I was like, yo, you need to get your ass home. I was like, I don't know if the fuck is wrong with me. I was like, I think I'm dying. And because uh, I didn't, I wouldn't want to call an ambulance because I don't want to pay $3,500 for a fucking ambulance ride to the hospital if I'm not dying. You know what I mean? Um, so I called her instead, and waited the 30 minutes for her to drive home but yeah i thought i was fucking having a heart attack i don't know what happened to me uh it was scary i know that for sure but that that little episode is part of the reason why i decided you know maybe it's time i need to quit smoking because i did start thinking after i had that little experience uh it, it made me think about that doctor telling me when i was 21 that i had high blood pressure and i was like man here i am 30 years old i smoke a pack a day I fucking, I don't really work out, you know, I, my workout is what, when I'm working, you know, yeah, I mean? yeah. I, that's my physical exercise. I don't give a fuck about going to the gym and lifting weights. I care less. Uh, the way I look at it is those dudes be getting big for a skinny motherfucker like me to shoot them down with a Glock 19. Like, yep. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. Like you spent all that time in the gym just to get shot, man. Ain't that some no, shit? No, that's the funniest uh, shit though. Cause it applies around the, like uh, in every area, right? This is big buff guys trying to get all the chicks. And then like the random guy with just a little more intellect pops up and just sneaks the chick away from him. And it's like, bro. Here. All that work. I like being able to wipe my ass. I don't want my arms to be too big to where I can't even For reach my own real. ass. Back, but know? now, okay, we're starting to run out of time. So I got a question to float by you before we get plugs and everything out here. I want to know what you think you were getting out of cigarettes in the first place. Um, 
I was getting a sense of relief for that few minutes that I would have that cigarette lit. Um, like, I, when I would drive, that's when I would smoke a lot. And that was just out of pure boredom. And it would just give me something to do. Like, especially if I was driving at night and falling asleep and I needed to stay awake, I'd light up a cigarette. But um, if I was pissed off or after sex or after eating or after a hefty shit or whatever, or after working all day, I'd light up a cigarette on the drive home and just, leave, you know, sit back in my seat and relax and, and just let everything go from the day and release out of my body. And uh, that cigarette helped, or at least I thought it was helping. Um, uh, now, I just, you know, I smoke weed and uh, now my weed bill's gone up significantly because <laughs> I quit smoking tobacco. But uh, yeah. Feel now, better, right? You feel better? Yeah, for sure. I definitely feel like I have more energy. Um, my sleep feels, I, I feel like I've been sleeping better. I noticed that I've been eating a lot more, my appetite is getting bigger. Uh, and, and I've always struggled with gaining weight and I've always hated being as skinny as I am. And, uh, cause I mean, I was skinny my whole life and people always underestimated me, you know, but my mom drilled into my head when I was young that dynamite comes in small packages, bro. Yeah, for real. Like, I guarantee you, you hit harder than somebody who's overweight. She <laughs> told me, you know, if somebody ever tells you, you can't do nothing fucking do it and prove them wrong and so uh, I, I had that drilled into my head and that's the way i've always been my whole life and uh, but you know i'm getting older i would like to add some weight and so I, my stepdad he had told me one time when he quit smoking cigarettes that he actually gained weight and that's because he was eating more and i don't know if that's the hand-to-mouth habit from you know lifting your hand back and forth to your mouth and or maybe it's just something to keep yourself distracted from going and lighting up What you said there shows a lot of awareness. I actually think most people aren't addicted to the cigarette themselves as much as they are the habit of smoking the cigarette. Yeah. The hand-to-mouth. Yeah. Yes. I think that's the real addiction. The hand-to-mouth yeah. with the smoke in return, but not like any sensation in particular. I guess the sensation is just the bonus. For sure. Yeah. It, 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 it keeps you occupied, makes you think that you're doing something when you're really not. Um, and uh, it, I mean, it helps some people. Like I said, when I was falling asleep driving, it definitely helped me stay awake because I didn't want to fall asleep definitely while driving, but I definitely don't want to fall asleep with a lit cigarette and it fall in my lap and burn my crotch while I'm driving because then I'm definitely having a wreck. And so I, I'd stay awake with that. That would make myself stay awake. Uh, but yeah, I'm I'm glad I put them down though. Like so far within the three weeks, I think her app said that we've saved like seventy dollars on cigarettes. So See, that's, that's cool. fucking awesome. Hell yeah! Congratulations on you guys stopping. My addiction was Red Bull. Actually, I, I would have oh, a fucking okay, Red Bull so every I day. Have that addiction. I you have still that. have that addiction? That's that's straight poison, bro. I know, I know, and I drink it like it is going out of style. Uh, yes, oh my god, I had like two or three a day. Yeah, 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 like uh, this morning, uh, That's that was uh, right after I had that Whataburger breakfast, I stopped at the gas station, I got some gas or some diesel, and I bought 
two Red Bulls because, uh, like I said, I have my own business and I do exterior uh, commercial and residential cleaning, so like pressure washing and soft washing. And uh, on my commercial accounts, I take care of like some dealerships and some gas stations and uh, I'll re-stripe and paint all their parking lots and stuff. And so today I uh, was at a car dealership and car dealerships, they all have like little railing fencing that's like two feet from the ground around their lots. And this one, I charged them like 2500 bucks to go up there and paint this fucking railing. And uh, it, it was a lot. It was a lot of railing. It took only two gallons of paint, but it took like four and a half hours. And uh, fucking sitting out in the heat. And I was like, I'm going to need some Red Bull. So I went over there and got me two of them bad boys, chugged them suckers before I even got to the dealership. You, what, two just back to back? Oh, yeah. Do you feel like one of the chemicals that that has, it makes you like not just faster and like stronger and more energetic, but you get like smarter because it puts your brain on hyperdrive? Uh, yeah, for sure. Like I'm definitely running at full speed after two Red Bulls. Like, uh, I am, uh, I'm on go mode and I don't like, even when the Red Bulls wear off, um, as long as I'm still in a continuous state of work, I will be stuck in that mode until I take a break or I stop. And then once I've taken a break or I stop, then my work definitely slows down. Um, unless I go get another Red Bull or to maybe, recharge. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Or if, or like, cause if I eat a big meal, like the one thing that used to get me back to work was cause you know, right after you, if you're working and then you go eat a big, nice meal on your lunch break, you don't want to go back to work. You want to take a nap or something, right. Or relax. And so I would smoke a cigarette and I would be good to go back to work and I would drink a Red Bull. And now I don't have that cigarette, so I've doubled up on the Red Bulls. Um, so that's probably another habit I'm going to have to drop here soon. <laughs> yeah, you're going to have to uh, just go it pure, man. Just weed and healthy food. Yeah, for sure. For damn sure. You are not wrong there. All right, man. It has been fantastic having you. Let everybody know where they can find you, all your socials, websites, anything that isn't blocked, um, any anything you've got going on in general, anything you want to plug, anything you want them to find. Yeah, man. If they want to catch me on uh, Instagram at 2Tone12Valve, that is the number 2, T-O-N-E, 12, V-A-L-V-E. And then on Facebook, uh, John Deerte, I have like five different personal Facebook pages. If anybody wants to add any of those, feel free. I accept all of them, and I tag all my posts through there, so you will be up to date on everything that I post through each individual account. And uh, I also stream. Um, I have a, a live stream page on uh, Facebook. It's underneath John Deerte as well. Um, there's two of those. You can follow both of those, and they're both in sync with each other. So every time I post the one, both of them uploads. Um and I mainly do video game streaming off of that, like Call of Duty and, and Forza and stuff. Uh, and and, I, and it's pretty cool. It gets wild. I, I, I Sometimes I take shrooms on my live stream, and we like to live a little. That's so fucking yeah. awesome. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you, you can watch me trip and play video games at the same time. Sometimes it gets crazy, especially if it's at night and I got the black light on and I'm playing some crazy game, and they're kicking my ass. Not the game, maybe the mushrooms. And then it just takes over. It's just wild. It's funny. Uh, so if y'all want to tune in, feel free. 
I would enjoy it. And I'm sure y'all will enjoy it as well. Perfect, perfect, man. I uh, I, I knew this was going to be a great conversation simply because I'm looking at all your – I have a theory about creators, right? And and my theory is that the crazier the work, the more elevated and rational and thought out the person, and the more calculated the work, the crazier and off the rails the person. And my assumption was correct. You're just a, a highly intelligent, way thought out individual who likes to troll for fun. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. I definitely do it for fun. Um, and then, uh, you know, there's always the people that are going to get bent and those are the ones that you really just got to have fun with. Yes. Oh man. Those are my favorite. That's why I have this show the way it is because I do like posing weird questions. And I know that there are people who hear me sometimes ask something. For example, when I ask that thing about prison, like I know somebody's head will explode when they hear it. And they're going to be oh, like, sure. oh, fuck. But what about, well, too bad. You're not part of our conversation. This is A, B. You can see your way out. Yep, definitely. I, I, I feel that for sure. Like probably even that thing I said about, you know, school shooters dragging them out and letting the parents. Somebody's definitely not going to agree with that. Well, too bad but, for hey, them. That's right. We all get our own opinion and we all get to think the way that we want. And that's the, that's the beauty about being alive in this world is we all get our own brain to think with yes a hundred percent and that is the, the thing i agree with the most and nobody should have the right to censor your opinions your thoughts your beliefs for in exchange for their own that's ridiculous life's too short to be telling other people what to do yes like what for what you can die anyways and it was all in vain that's right that's exactly right well, I appreciate you being here very much, man. This is fucking Not awesome problem, discussion. Man. I appreciate y'all having me on the show for sure, and it was a, a great experience. I enjoyed it. Hell yeah, dude. I, it's, how often do you get to just have a genuine conversation this long with a complete stranger? Oh, yeah, man. Not all the time. Definitely not at all. Usually I'm trying to get away from the complete strangers. I'm like, man, we all leave me the fuck alone. I'm trying to go. <laughs> <laughs> but no, man, it's been great. I've enjoyed every second of it. I'm glad you did, man. I, I really enjoyed having you here. And definitely in the future, we're going to see bringing you back, you know, to have a catch up after a while, see what the hell's going on yeah. with you. Let's do it, man. Just holler at me. Hell yeah, man. I appreciate you having here. I'm going to leave you now, but uh, have a good night, man. I appreciate having you here, and, and I'll inform you when this thing's about to go up. 10-4. Sounds good, brother. Take care, man. Yes, sir. Later. Deuces. So what do you think of that? He is so interesting. He's fucking amazing, isn't he? Yes. It's crazy. Just going through this guy's content, I was like, I gotta, I gotta talk to this human. This is... He was worth it. He was worth it, man. What? What? I love creators, and I love, like, the weirder the creator, the more interesting the fucking person. And again, you... You look at the art and you're like, there's going to be an off-the-rails maniac. Right? Like, no, if no, the art not. is crazy. Yeah. A, a great example is always Meat Canyon. Hunter Hancock. His work is so psychotic. Yet you talk to the guy and just normal passive man. It's what's happening yeah. in his head that's dark and twisted. Mm -hmm. And the same thing happens here with John. Yeah. He's, he's The inside of his mind must be this maze of twisting and turning, but he's a chill, calculated intellectual. 
He really is. Very shocking. Yeah. He's, uh, his art is there to just troll and trigger somebody, and somebody's out there getting triggered. It's hilarious. I love it. I do, too. It's so fun. It's so funny. It's perfect. And it's all ma- because of his hair, his beautiful hair. Yeah. Yeah. He committed to this mullet. Yeah. That's fire, though. That story's epic. He didn't even want it. He was just going to chop it off. But I actually, I'm on his friend side. What? He took mad years growing that hair. Yeah. Like, come on. That's you, an You are probably going to regret it afterwards. Yes. Everybody does. Then mm-hmm. you, you don't really like it you just adjust to the fact that you're fucked oh wow that's really what Mm -hmm. happens when you did something like that and then you cut your hair yeah but he managed to get this mullet which is funny you know have a mullet for a couple of days but then it became a life it became a life this you know (laughs) mullets are lifestyle man yes oh my gosh it's his lifestyle now it's not just a hairstyle it's a way of life yeah wow yeah 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 Thanks to that, he has a meme career. Yeah, his memeing career. But man, it's so dope. I, I really like that he does that. It's such a fun fucking thing to do. And he's like, it's not, he's not just a one path guy. He has a business that he runs on the side. He has, he's a bunch of, he's just doing shit. He's enjoying he really life, mm-hmm. living free. Nobody's his boss. He does what he wants, when he does, how he wants. That's the embodiment of America. Mm-hmm. So it might be like, it's weird because it's an exaggeration of a real person, right? Like the character. And so you have a guy who's super America, yes. mega America. Very. Uh-huh. But like the real man behind the memes and the jokes. It's pretty American. It's pretty American. It's the good American. It's the good American. He has his own job that he is the boss of. Mm-hmm. Businessman. He runs his own shit. He has no boss above him. He makes contracts. He helps people. He likes to make people laugh. It's all the good parts. It is. Well, he's yeah. a hero. No. Meanwhile, his uh, character is <sighs> the super guns blazing. And then I went pow, 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 pow with the freaking Frank meme. Mm. That's uh, uh, John Dirte, the character. Yeah. Just an uber American, American bald eagle, American flag. All of it. All of it. All of it. It's, what is it, a pickup with beers in the back, American flags on the sides. He's hamburgers. On, yeah, hamburgers and hot dogs on a barbecue grill while he's standing in the back of the, in the flatbed with a bald eagle on his shoulder. Mm-hmm. That's like, that's John Deerte. But the guy who's John Deerte is himself, like, the right America. He's what yeah. people should understand. Like, you don't have to be a slave in society, which a lot of people are. Yeah. They're just like, well, the government said fucking... Like, fucking think, bro. Think. It's hard for people. It's hard, dude. But like he was talking about 9-11, bro. You guys just got told, don't go anywhere. That's Ow. That was enough. Just got told, don't go anywhere. And that was enough. Yes. Well, yes. Because that's you're in panic. I don't know. It's weird. When you're in panic... They're... You give over control? Well, you have flight or fight, right? I don't know. Fight or flight? Yeah. It's hard. No, man. You got to, like, learn to think and, like, fucking get out of there. Yeah. That's crazy. Like he said, I would take my chances through the fire. Yeah. Even the people on the top floors, it didn't clear the building and the building just collapsed immediately. There were stairwells you could get down through. They were just probably covered in smoke. But hold your fucking breath and try. Yes. That's pretty crazy. I mean, the whole thing is crazy, so... You can grab a plastic bag that's in there, grab the oxygen that's there, and start making a run for it. 
stop somewhere, inhale, and then when you have to stop because the bag is filled with carbon monoxide, you count two, three minutes. You run into whatever floor you're on and fill the bag up with fresh air again. And then you run back out into stairwell and you keep making your way down. You have a fucking hour. You'll make it. What? wonder if anyone did something crazy like that. There must be some crazy you survival need, stories. You actually don't even need to make it the whole time doing that. You just need to clear the floors that are on fire. That was yeah. only a small amount. After that, you could throw the bags aside and just keep fucking making your way down. Just run. But no, oh. people were like, well, I accept my demise. Yes. Is that worse than jumping out? I don't know. Jumping out is pretty bad, man. Jumping out is pretty Like, bad. you're probably, like, Survive a good 99.99% chance not making it. Yeah. If but anybody survived, if anybody survived, wait, you mean, like, not doing anything? Yes, not doing anything or jumping out. Like, running out is not a, a thing you can do at this moment, because maybe the oh, stairway no. is broken. If running out is not an option, hop out. It's better to die midair than on fire. Okay. Oh. And even if you don't die midair and you make it all the way down, it's instant. Yeah. That's awful. Okay. Versus the, oh shit, I caught fire. Now it's time to wait until I die. Ah, uh, that's so horrible. Do you think people can own bald eagles as pets? I don't know. That's probably legal considering they're almost extinct. Oh, crap. Okay. Yeah. Because it'd be the perfect pet for John. Bald eagle. Yeah, that would be the best pet. He should He should commit to this character even harder and yes. just all the way, all, all the, the way. way, get a bald eagle, bro. Mm-hmm. That would be awesome. What, what's a good name for bald eagle that would be... Because you can't call the bald eagle America. Or can you? I guess you could call the bald you eagle can. America. You could call the bald eagle Erica. Oh, yes. For short for America. Mm-hmm. Oh, shit. Yes, that's perfect. He needs to do that. Or you could call the bald eagle Amari, but it sounds too black. It's a bald eagle. We're trying to be super, like, European American. Mm. Name it after a president. Washington? No, it's just not right. <laughs> Erica sounds right. Okay. Erica. Yeah, I know. That conversation was dope. That was. Every part of it. Every Great. part of it. This guy is so many interesting stories, man. What a weird, interesting life. His high adventures are the funnest shit. They weren't even adventures. They were like comatose experiences that weren't experienced. Yes. So, I mean, they're, they're wild, but... They're not adventures. Like, he wasn't there for any of it. Yeah. Well, it's a good thing if he stopped doing that. On the flip yeah. side, that whole buying at a dispensary regularly, that's a problem. I kind of see what he's talking about, though. Some people, you know, you have to go to a sketchy place and buy. You don't want to go there often, whatever. If it's at a dispensary and it's just, like, readily there and it's like, you know, you don't have to make a phone call. You can just walk in. You don't realize how much you're... Wasting though. Oh yeah. my gosh. That experiment that he did with his friend. Great Genius. idea. Yes. Genius. People need to start doing that. Yeah, people do need to start doing that. Just start collecting your receipts and see how much you waste on. What I think most people need to do this with is their television. What? Cable, Netflix, Hulu, Amazon, Disney, HBO. Grab all these bullshits. There's no, there's no way. I refuse to believe. There's no way you watch everything on all of these. Well, like one show from here, one show. You're really going to just dedicate that much hundreds and hundreds for fucking a show, dude? Come on. You could yeah. not watch a show and just pick one platform and be loyal to it. Yes. That really is it. Just miss out. Just miss out. FOMO, bro. The fear of missing out is a problem. FOMO? Yeah. People have a real fear of, well, I'm not going to get to see the thing, but everybody else. Well, you don't yeah. have to be everybody else. Mm. Fuck everybody else. Have a mind of your own. Don't be a sheep. Yes. 
but no, they saw it. I got it. I heard it's good. So there's good shit on one of these platforms. Yeah, you can watch that. There's good. gonna be something good on it. And let's be real, it's probably Netflix. And most people already have Netflix. You're not really yeah. missing anything out. Yeah, this is a promotion for Netflix. No, it's not. I mean, Netflix. If you want to sponsor us, I don't know. Fucking. This is an unsponsored. Unsponsored. Anyways, you guys can find John Dirte on Instagram at Two Tone Twelve Valve. On Facebook, John Dirte. On his live streams on Facebook, John Dirte. On Twitch at John underscore Dirte. And on TikTok at John Dirte. And uh, all his stuff is amazing. He's a hilarious guy. He's the real man behind all of it is fucking great, clever, interesting, intellectual. So you guys definitely need to check all that stuff out. As for us, you can find all our goodies on the official website, greatthoughts.info, or on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or anywhere you get your podcasts. And you can reach us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at Just Convo Pod. Yes, and remember to subscribe, rate, and if you feel so inclined, review the show. And let someone who might like this show know about it. Yes, word of mouth. And in this particular scenario, it's not just word of mouth for us, but it is word of mouth to let the world know that there is a man named John Dirte out there who everybody needs to go look at his memes and fucking laugh because it's awesome as fuck. So do that. Tell people, hey, you like memes? I got some memes for you. Yes. And once you show them, that's it. Mm-hmm. You, sh- you show them this episode and then this episode will show them the memes and then they'll be like wow beautiful memes they're so beautiful they're the best his face just on everything it's so epic it's mm-hmm. so funny bro fuck anyways yeah so you guys can find all that stuff and you know tell people this has been the Just Conversation Podcast take nothing personal and thanks for listening bye, bye. place where tradition is excusable is is uh military mm, what's because it's less tradition and more conditioning it's about yeah. how you're brainwashing somebody the goal is that when and it sucks but yeah. it also doesn't because it's the point yeah like you sign up knowing you're there to get brainwashed you sign up being aware the idea is the old me is going to be broken down and I'm going to be reprogrammed. Into a better you? No, Into not really. a different well, you. A different, yes. And there is the I follow orders blindly. I don't question anything my superiors tell me to do. Mm-hmm. Never, ever, ever will I do that. I always answer yes, sir, to my superior 100% of the time. I always address everybody by their rank. Just things you do. That's weird traditions, but it's about the programming. And not really, like, this is nonsense for nonsense. Yes. While in a courtroom, nonsense for nonsense. In a political building where nobody but you guys are in, it's nonsense. Why are you guys doing this? And then you invite cameras in to watch you do the weird dance (laughs) you're doing. Yes. People want to watch it, I guess. So weird. Yes. And yeah. it doesn't get changed, doesn't get updated, doesn't get like phased out. Just casually walk across the hall, bro. Oh, so many things are weird. Good morning. 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 Good morning.
The Just Conversation podcast is hosted by Christina Colazzo and Jack Thomas, produced by Lynn Taylor and published by GreatThoughts.info, art by Zero Lupo, and logo by Seth McAllister, with social media managed by Amber Black.